Lindy Kaiser, Senior Editor of ClearanceJobs.com. On today's episode of Cleared Cast, we're pleased to be joined by Brian Kale and Sean English. Both are Senior Directors, Federal Program Management at CenturyLink. They're going to talk about how CenturyLink connects and protects and the vast nature of the cleared work the company does to keep communities safe and to keep our military up and running. So thank you again so much, gentlemen, for joining us, taking the time to chat with me on Cleared Cast today. No, thank you. We appreciate it. Likewise, thank you. And so a lot of people probably know CenturyLink is their internet service provider, but your digital and government business provides IT infrastructure, security services to dozens of government agencies, actually probably a lot more than that. What are some of the unique advantages CenturyLink brings to the table in helping government agencies innovate, and what does some of that work look like? Some people have us for their local services. Some people have us for their internet provider. A lot of businesses have us for their business-to-business connectivity. And obviously, if your IT is going well, no one knows who you are. Because, you know, it works perfectly. You sit down, you do your job, everything works great. So that's good. But one of the things that really makes us unique is probably the marriage of the two diverse companies, Level 3 and CenturyLink, which happened, gosh, two and a half years ago. And that was the marriage of two very, very large fiber networks. We have a ton of fiber in the ground, and that makes a lot of difference. That also makes a difference for our federal customers. They're looking for solutions for their missions. They're looking for the capability to interconnectivity to different annexes, different buildings. They're looking for the ability to get their mission moving forward, once again, without having to worry about the IT portions. We've had a history of significant investments in network infrastructure, new solutions, product development, all kinds of innovation. We have been an innovation leader within the telecommunication industry, close partnerships uh, with numerous telecommunication and solution vendors. Let's face it, we have tons and tons of subject matter experts that we apply to all these government customers, these government agencies' problems. They come to us and say, here's our big picture. Here's what success looks like for us. How do we get there? And we bring our folks who have tons of experience to the game and say, no problem. We can put together the pieces across our network and also other carriers to make sure that we are meeting their needs and making sure that all their mission success criteria are being met. We've got a collaborative strategy sessions with customers. We, we're known for that. We're known for sitting down with them and talking through, what's your problem? What's the nuances? What are the variables? You know, we often joke about what's the third rail? You know, when you talk about subways, the third rail is the one with electricity. The one if you touch, you get in trouble. We talk about what's your third rail? What should we not touch? So we can provide you the best solution that solves problems for them. We're a close partner. We don't consider ourselves a vendor. We go in there and we are part of their strategy sessions. We're part of their dark backroom conversations about how do we do this? What's the best way to do it? Not just waiting for an order to show up and say, oh, you need 12 of these. Okay, here you go. We're not sitting at a counter for point of sale. We're there to work on the strategy on how we work together for what the solution is, what the, the vision for the future will be, what technology we need to plan for you know, going forward. So we do these a lot of, of all different ways. And I would echo Brian's comments. As a carrier, we're one of the few that continues to invest in the, the wireline side of our business where the other industries and, and, and companies are taking technology a different direction. We, we continue to invest in that network, the, the backbone and, and the reach and breadth of the network. And despite our size, being this large of a carrier, we pride ourselves on still being able to be nimble and reactive to the customer's challenges and, and bolting together solutions in unique ways. And, and it might be more than just technology. We can bolt certain technologies together in a creative way to solve for certain challenges, but at the same time, we can be creative in, in how we're structuring contracts and, and task orders and how we're sometimes being able to be creative in how we're 
billing a customer to fit their budget restraints or challenges that they might have on, on that front. And so you both kind of touched on just now the, the diversity of the portfolio of the work that you do. Also, you know, mentioned the growth through strategic acquisitions. So describe those dynamics a bit and also just how both of you came to work for CenturyLink. This is Sean. I'll start. I came to what was the former Level 3 prior to becoming CenturyLink. I came to the former Level 3 at the end of 1999. Been here for a little while. I came here right out of the Navy, shy of 10-year Navy vet. Found a home here in the company and never left. Been presented with with challenges and, and opportunities along the way. And like I said, just found a, a home here. It's been amazing. It's one of those places where we like to say hard work equals good luck. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's exactly right. We, Everyone here, we love the, the idea of luck, but everyone here has a great work ethic they bring forward. And Sean's veteran status, we've got a lot of veterans within our programs that we love to have because their work ethic is exceptional. Their patriotism is unquestionable. They bring a wide variety of skills to you know to our game. A lot of times, the solutions we come with would probably not be possible if it was strictly from just the run of the mill. They haven't had a wide variety of life experiences. For me, I actually started with MCI back many many moons ago. Actually, before Bernie Evers was actually part of it. Worked my way through telecommunication companies, and even when the uh, dot com bubble, you know, there was a ton of startups. I was a couple of startups there, learning the basics of new technologies, moving when the internet started to really get larger. I have actually worked for the United States government. I've done field work for them. I've done, I build buildings for them. You know, the diversity between Sean and I, there's just two of us, two of, you know, a many of our team, and we actually fill quite a few check boxes there, and we, and our team is a lot like that. Our legacy companies, when they come together, we have both had a history of acquiring some companies along the way, and that acquisition was because we recognized quickly that to really bring forward a, a solution that was going to be exciting and dynamic, we had to be able to grab new technology, and sometimes it's, it's easier to go to someone else who's been there, done that, and been an expert at it than it is to try to create it from scratch. Our putting together of different companies in our diverse portfolio has really allowed us to have that kind of diversity. Something that we talked about definitely in the kind of the COVID-19 job market is job security. That diverse portfolio that you just spoke to, how does that really help to fuel current work for CenturyLink, advanced career opportunities for employees? Why is CenturyLink a good company to get on board with even today with kind of a lot of uncertainty out there? This is Sean again. There's a host of reasons for that, but it really comes down to, we're, we're talking about the human element of our business. It really comes down to the people. And if I look at a couple of the larger programs that I have in, in my shop, those programs are, are largely self-contained, meaning all of the skill sets necessary to run a program of that size dedicated to a customer like that reside within the team. So we, we have all the skill sets from architecture, sometimes there's analysts, developers, engineers, project managers, the business analysts and managers, all these hosts of skill sets that are all on the same team. And if we have that, that gives us a lot of opportunity to cross-train, to develop people, and in some cases even stretch them into roles within the team, into opportunities that otherwise they may not see in a self-contained program like that. And I think that makes us unique in, in how we manage our programs and, and building a team that's dedicated to that mission and making that their priority. At the same time, we're a performance-based company. We watch, we mentor, and, and we very closely with our top performers, and we do this on a, on a constant review cycle. We're literally looking for opportunities for those high performers. And in some cases, 
managers like Brian and I, we understand the next opportunity for that star may not actually be on our team. And I think one of the things that's really unique about us is that we're willing to open those doors, even if that means that skill set's leaving the team to move on to bigger and better things. Right. I, I Absolutely. There's numerous times where the folks that are doing these amazing jobs for me are going, I see a possibility. And, you know, while it hurts my heart to see them leave because they do these amazing things and I always know I can go to them when I need I want to encourage them to go because I know their impact is going to be incredible within the company and they're going to make such a difference. CenturyLink has always been a company which rewards ownership. It's one of the things that we, we pride ourselves on. Every single level, every single person, their job is to own the service, own the product, own the, the processes, what's going on. Part of that is ownership of a solution or strategy. And so everyone has the ability to give uh, you know, input on innovation. Or matter of fact, we're encouraging folks to you know, come to us with the innovation, figure out what's going on. A lot of companies say that, and you know, there's, there's a little bit of opportunity here and there, but there's really not a series of off-ramps like every mile that, hey, we could do this, we could do this, here's another innovation opportunity. And so our employees, especially team members like, in, for instance, in Sean's team and my team's, we're doing a lot of different uh, different skill sets, and we're encouraging folks to to find something that where they feel challenged, they feel excited, they feel you know that they want to. It's almost the kind of thing you want them to talk to someone else. When hey, I just did this today, and it was really cool. We have a lot of opportunities for our people to do that, and that's that's probably the biggest benefit for career mobility within our company is that it's not just a conga line where you have to wait for this person to promote or to move out or to leave the company before you can move up. There are so many, it's such a mesh network of everything going on with the company. All you have to do is look around and figure out what do I want to be when I grow up? And there it is. So you've kind of touched on this a little bit. I think that's, you know, a really unique advantage and and a great opportunity because I think in some companies you can almost feel Teams are strong, but then that team is so strong that the idea of moving across teams almost be an act of disloyalty to that team. So you've you've mentioned that within CenturyLink, you have all these diverse teams that really have great working relationships. How, How does that culture build? You know, how do you foster that and how do those different teams really work together? So for CenturyLink, it's been over a long time being built. I've got quite a few programs that have been in existence for well over 20 years which is unusual within government contracting. Typically, just because the ebbs and flows of government mentality or what's going on, they change. But I've got some really long-standing ones. And I've got folks within them that have been doing the activities, and they absolutely found their niche, and they love it, and they stay there. And then there's some that have moved around who've tried different skills. And you just as Sean was talking about, someone might mention, gosh, you know, I've been technical my entire life. I'd love to try maybe some project management. And we'll give them some things to try there and give them an opportunity to really stick their foot in the pool. And they can say, ooh, it's too cold. I don't want to get in that. Or they can go, yeah, that's what I want to do. I think I could be good at it. And we'll give them lots of opportunities. I mean, let's face it, that's it's incredibly unique within a, a high-tech or a fast-paced environment. Telecommunication solution companies are known for, you know, we're moving too fast. We don't have time to develop along the edges. We don't have enough time. People need to just stay in their lanes, and we don't want people to do that. We want people to see not only their lane but across the lanes so that they understand what they're doing, what the next person is doing, and that way they can both look for a win-win situation. They don't have to go to their two corners of the room and fight over a process. They understand what the end solution needs to look like. We've been transforming ourselves from the inside and giving our people all kinds of opportunities. Um, the, the merger between Level 3 and CenturyLink opened a lot of doors and gave a lot of, uh, a lot of motivation to folks to really find what is their passion. 
I know that you know there's been several changes within an organization that has given mid-level and even entry-level folks the opportunities they may not have seen in a lot of different companies. I tell you one thing about CenturyLink though is it's a close relationship. I have not worked in many organizations where people are so humanly connected, where they know a lot about each other, they know about their families, they know about their children, they know about their hobbies. And a lot of times you could always say, well, it sounds like you know, they're doing a lot of gabbing around the water cooler. But it's not. It's, it's a true caring between the people and what's going on. Let's face it, if you really care and really trust the people you're working with, the people who are your leaders, the work is, is easy. It's not quite as frustrating sometimes when things go bad and everyone works together and really makes, makes it happen. And that's a big deal. Companies also been very strong with the human considerations. All the benefits that keep rolling out from the company are looking at specific, like life components and things that happen. You know, stressful moments in life where the company's trying to make them less stressful. As far as whether it be a benefit, whether it be extra time off, whether it be, gosh, we had several things specifically for brand new mothers, and you know, all these that we want to be a leader, not just waiting for the government to say thou shalt do this. We're actually ahead of that, trying to make sure that all our people realize. We absolutely care about you. We care about your life, both in the company and also out in your normal day-to-day. And we also want to make sure that we're respecting you in everything you do. So these are, these are huge things where our company leads this, this opportunity. It's also extremely collaborative. I have not met many teams in which every single level, regardless of rank, can get together in a room and really, truly collaborate on anything that's going on, whether it be process, whether it be personnel, whether it be new services, whether it be products. We are incredibly collaborative. Everyone's opinion is incredibly important and it's heard. And that's that's really, really special. Brian and I are both passionate about this and, and everything that, that Brian said there is, is absolutely true. I think it goes back to that, that collaborative piece and encouraging people to, to move and into the next skill set or stretch into the next role. In some cases, that might mean changing teams or programs. But when that happens, and this absolutely works, when that happens, all of that expertise, all of the social components, all of the know-how moves with that particular person. And so there's not only a benefit to the individual, but there's a, a benefit to the team both in the team that the person might move to, bringing all new skill set and experience and, and adding to that diversity for that new team. But at the same time, the, the team that the person has left, right, has now spread what they know um, and, and that culture, that team environment out beyond the, the boundaries of that team. With every team doing that and all this cross-pollination happens, it just generates this positive energy across all of the people and to what Brian was saying you start to see that the same characteristics amongst all the people across different programs. And it absolutely works. We see it happen every day. Awesome. So now we've talked a lot about the company culture. Now we're going to talk about a few of the specific programs and contracts and things that CenturyLink has been involved with. So recently, CenturyLink helped the U.S. Navy ship Mercy get connected within 48 hours. So can you maybe speak even from your you know, management team experience? What kind of efforts go into that? How do you get those kind of special projects done? And, is, and why is that the kind of work that, that CenturyLink is primed and uniquely capable of doing? Well, for, you know, obviously CenturyLink is very proud of our ability to support this. Uh, you know, the United States Naval Ship Mercy's effort was a testament to the focus of an urgency our company can demonstrate through the organization. But the funny thing is, it's not unique for us. We have tons of programs that are concerned with continuation of operations, uh, disaster recovery. 
even our normal enterprise and local services, we look at disaster recovery and the ability to pivot due to outside you know, stimuli just because of the networks. You know, weather is always something we look at, or, you know, whether it be a hurricane, whether it be a tornado goes through a town or, or a fire or thing. We're always involved with looking how do we make sure that we can pivot and maintain our network. For this one, obviously, you know, it was enabled by the fact that our, our CEO and our leadership team has been very clear from the very beginning that our job is we are a critical infrastructure company. We support the United States and the people within the country, you know, and the world for that matter. Our job is to make sure that we are providing all the infrastructure necessary for people to do their job and to make things better. When these kind of all hands on deck mentality is, you know, it trickles down. It actually comes down to everybody else within the company. We're focused on the big picture, you know, the bigger good. We're, we're looking at how do we prioritize things. And in this case, I mean, the call came in from the government to our sales folks on a Wednesday evening. And that evening, immediately that salesperson called and got a, a person to start looking at the network provisioning, what's possible, getting the paperwork together, and also start talking to the field immediately. We had this thing up and running in 48 hours, mainly because everyone made this a priority. And we do this quite often with a lot of different focuses. COVID has provided a lot of highlighted moments where we're bringing in connectivity for temporary hospitals or we're bringing in connectivity for more rural areas who need to be able to handle more virtualization. So we've been doing this kind of thing a lot. But, you know, the Mercy was one of these that everyone saw because everyone was sort of holding their breath for it to, to happen. And, you know, our guys were there. We were, we were standing on the dock with the military liaisons and the, uh, the Port Authority ready to roll with the cards, the chassis, everything necessary to, to happen. Our, our engineers had double-checked everything necessary, and we were ready to scramble and get it done as soon as the ship was docked, and we had them up and running. They were accepting patients less than, I think it was 24 hours after docking, which was faster than they anticipated because of our connectivity, and they were ready to roll. They had, you know, they had so many working parts that were all dedicated to the mission, and that's one of the things that we do a lot. We, our dedication to the mission is one of the things that the government looks to us and sees us as a differentiator. We don't worry about, oh, that paperwork's too hard, or, oh, we can't do that because of this and this. We say, we can do it, we're going to go do it, and then we'll figure out how to do the paperwork later. Awesome. And then another project that I know that CenturyLink is involved in is the 2020 Census. So we've all probably got multiple notices about that. It took me about five before I took the time to reply. I don't know if that's the average. That's, they say eight marketing touch points. It's probably eight postcards from the government threatening to put you in jail for not filling out your census. So how is CenturyLink involved in the census? So the census is not all that dissimilar from the USNS Mercy effort, although similar but different in, in criticality. So the census is, is very important and a critical effort for us. And, and from a product's perspective, it, it's pretty standard for some of the, the products that CenturyLink provides, albeit some of the port sizes and traffic sizes and, and some of the network reach that we did for that project were unprecedented. It's a couple of hundred sites. It's extending the CenturyLink network out to these sites to ensure data integrity and that connectivity happens. What's unique about this effort and similar to what we just talked about is the focus across multiple teams from not only service assurance and service management within the company. We built tiger teams that have participants from multiple different organizations within the company that need to be involved to ensure that the service gets installed and is sustained and maintained 
throughout the course of this project. And that's one of the unique things about CenturyLink is taking these dedicated resources, taking rock stars from different teams, focused solely on this project to ensure that at this period in time for this particular effort, that everything is seamless for the census effort. And I think that it's the same testament to the leadership of this company, that we have that support through all, all the levels of the organization to be able to focus on an aggregated effort like this that is really broader than just the, the public sector folks, as it, all the people in CenturyLink that need to manage this. And so walk us through the 15 billion GSA Enterprise Infrastructure Solutions contract. So what positioned CenturyLink to receive the first task order in that to provide secure connectivity to NASA? Well, you know, it's funny. Actually, it's a $50 billion contract, which is uh, which is even cooler. Um, wow, that's better. Yeah, better. Bigger's better, right? You know, EIS is a is a comprehensive solution-based contract, and that sounds really cool, but the government has decided they're trying to, you know, put to bed some of their more legacy contracts and, and create a, a repeatable service-type contract, and it's supposed to address aspects of the federal agency IT, telecommunications, and infrastructure requirements. Um, you know, it was created to drive solutions to transform agencies and offer flexible delivery of solutions not offered under the previous contract vehicles. So, you know, you asked specifically what position CenturyLink to receive the first task. Let me tell you what, the first and foremost, it was tons of planning. EIS didn't just pop out of the mist and go, oh, there it is. People saw it coming and, you know, we saw it just as well. And the planning and action-based teams that were put into place really took it seriously. They were looking at what's transition look like? You know, what's the contract look like? What's the legal support look like? You know, we even took a look at, do we need to change some of our organizations to better understand, you know, how to handle this in the future? Because, you know, it's not just opening it up and starting a new contract focus like this. It's actually having the ability to respond to every single task order that comes across. And they come pretty fast. We had to understand what success looked like. And then we had to set up a strong program that was ready to bring these solutions to a wide variety of government agencies. Truthfully, most agencies are a bit nervous with it because they're moving to a brand new vehicle and let's face it the government sometimes when new stuff comes up sort of like I like my old stuff I don't want to go to the new stuff but they've been very happy to have a partner who has shown all the work I mean we've truly shown all the work on how you get there and we've created a low risk high success mechanism ultimately specifically to NASA it really came down to understanding the customer needs we understood how to solution into the ES contract. The fact that we were the first to be awarded the GSA uh, authorization to operate was obviously a very strong component. We had the ability to sit down and provide these solutions and make them feel very, very comfortable with the new mechanism, the new processes, but also the solution that was going to make them successful with their missions. That clear plan of transition is exactly what government agencies are looking for and what they want. And that's what we made sure that they had complete understanding and complete trust and belief in what we were bringing to them. And that's a testament to the, the partnership focus that, that we have that we talked about earlier, where we don't consider ourselves a vendor. We very much consider ourselves a partner. And specifically as it relates to new vehicles like EIS, it's understanding all the details and nuances of the, the particular vehicle and the products that are tied to it and what CenturyLink's approach is going to be, and then helping our customers figure out what that transition is going, is going to look like. There's, we're used to seeing resistance to change in government contracts. That's nothing new. This one was no different, but it's really about being that trusted partner and helping provide that guidance for our customers 
on how to, to continue to procure the services that they need going forward on the new vehicle. So what are some of those advantages, those considering making a career at CenturyLink for all of that diverse portfolio of work? Having such a, a diverse portfolio of, of products um, really enables us to be creative. All of our customers are unique. All of their missions are, are unique in some form or fashion. We rarely see a one-size-fits-all. You might call it IP data or you might call it voice. It sounds very much like a standard product, but there's always a caveat of some sort that it needs to function a certain way. Maybe in some cases it doesn't need to function in a certain way. Our customer requirements are are very unique and and, and we're focused on what those are and that mission execution. And so when we have this diverse portfolio, it just gives us a whole host of tools and different ways to creatively solve and solution for our customers. And so sometimes it's, it's a matter of maybe it's a combination of standard products that we're putting together in a certain way. Maybe we're, we're customizing things or certain products to, to get them to function in a unique fashion that fits what the customer requirement is. And without a certain amount of depth in that portfolio, we would be hampered with some of the creative ways that, that we can approach this stuff. You know, we're all using the products in different ways trying to solve for for different things. And and that diversity of that portfolio is a big enabler for us and our teams and how we solution. Yeah, I would even go on to say, too, that the the diverse contracts that we maintain has encouraged a strong infrastructure. Our company is is investing billions of dollars in the network across multiple customers. And all those come about by the fact that we have so many different solutions and so many different aspects and industries that we're supporting. Even within the government space, you know, you think, well, it's all federal government. How different could it be? It's pretty drastically different. And because of that, we have we have fiber builds. We have investments in new transmission, you know, new routes, additional personnel, testing gear, all these kind of things that go into it. So that kind of gives us the flexibility to handle a wide horizon of brand new products and brand new solutions. Everything that the government brings to us, the how do we work it with what we have now, but also how do we want to work it in the future and make it more efficient, make it better, make it you know stronger for their mission. It gives our people a ton of opportunities. As we have a diverse portfolio, the ability for an employee to try a new skill, a different role, exposed to some type of new mission, learn a new process, be trained in a different area, it's limitless just because of the fact that almost every single new opportunity that comes our way, almost you have to unpack it and figure out, okay, what's the common and what's the new? Okay, wow, there's a lot of new. Let's keep going on this. It also prevents the risk adverse attitude that often comes with companies that are living only in one tiny little role, you know, all your eggs in one basket. We're not that way. We've got a ton of, uh, of opportunities going on. There's the different diverse portfolio of opportunities allows us to invest in different areas. This is Lindy Kaiser, Senior Editor of ClearanceJobs.com. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Cast. For more security clearance news and defense industry information, please visit news.clearancejobs.com.